Welcome to Generation Podcast, where we have real conversations about how God is working through this generation. My name's Josh Mann, and joining me for this podcast is Sam Haywood, the Young Adults Minister of St. Paul's Castle Hill. Josh, how's it going? <laughs> going well, Sammy, going really, really well. We're here in the studio of St. Paul's Castle Hill, and we're ready to kick off the first episode of Generation Podcast. We're really excited about how God is going to use this podcast, how mm. God is going to use the conversations that we have mm. in order to grow His name, to in order to glorify Him in this generation. Mm. Uh, and so what we said at the start is that we really want to chat about how God is working through this generation. Mm. And so to kick us off, Sammy, why don't you give us a, a rundown of how you've seen God working in the last couple of months? Mm. I'm, I've been really blown away, really blown away by what God is doing uh, in the church, uh, across the world in the last, I want to say, year even. Yeah, wow. Maybe like even that short term, we've, we've really seen a lot of people renewed and refreshed and I'm going to throw a buzzword in there, revived. Yeah, wow. What what we've seen in the church is the first fruits of a genuine revival. And I don't say that lightly. I was journaling about a, a church service that we had a couple of weeks ago and just writing down. I, I love to journal. I find it really helpful to process thoughts. And um, I was just talking about what God did in the service. And there was such a genuine desire for people to connect with Jesus. People were genuinely seeking the face of God. People were worshiping in a way, people were singing in a way that I hadn't seen in a very long time. There was such a sense of people enjoying the presence of God for the presence of God. There was an a huge amount of expectation in the room for the word, to hear the word of God. Um, there was an anointing in, in preaching that I haven't seen, I haven't felt before. There were people crying and just being overwhelmed by the truth about who Jesus mm. is and convicted, so convicted over idols in their life. And as I was writing this down, and this is something that God has been doing this consistently yeah. for about a year yeah, has wow. been blowing me away. And as I was writing this down, I was reminded of the things that I read from revivals, the, the way that people described what was going on in the churches in those revivals. I was like, Oh my goodness, we are seeing the first fruits of a genuine move of God and it's beginning with the people that are already here. It's yeah. beginning with God turning our hearts and lifting our eyes to see Jesus in a new light. And and, that, and that's so the thing. It, it has to start with a generation that seeks God. Yes. Um, we talk about... For God. Correct. And we talk about renewal. We talk about revival. Mm. And what that actually means is that there are there is a community, there is a generation who is so sold out to seeking God. Yeah. And as they do that, mm. God will renew their heart. 
give them a sense of peace about their situation so that they can just pursue God no matter what. Absolutely. And you know what it is? It's like, I think we got so caught up in the idea of revival for a few years as the church in the West, at least in the circles that I moved in. And we wanted it desperately and we prayed for it, but we never really saw it in our churches. And then there was there was a sense of handing over what we were doing to God and saying, you know what, God, I just want you. We just want you. All of this is meaningless if we don't enjoy you. And then when we stopped getting so caught up in the idea of revival, we, we really began to see it in the church. And it wasn't because we wanted a revival. It's because we wanted God. Yeah. And that's the thing. We, for renewal or revival to take place, a community must seek God. Absolutely. And so when we do seek God, when we're sold out to seeking God, mm. there are going to be things that get in the way. There are going to be things that stop us from reaching uh, the, that relationship that God wants us in. And these things get thrown around a lot and we call them idols in the Christian church. And uh, it's a bit of a jargon word in, in Christianity, the idea of idols or idolatry. So when we think of idolatry as a barrier to this renewal, how, what does that look like? How, how would you define that, do you reckon? Yeah, I, it's, it's really funny. This idea of idolatry has become a very big topic of conversation uh, in our church over the last few months. And it's definitely something that God has brought into the forefront because it really is the biggest hindrance to proper worship in the church is false worship worshiping something that's not God as if it was God and treating a good thing as if it were a God thing. Because idolatry is fundamentally taking a good thing that God created for us to use to worship Him, such as money, such as sex, such as work, and worshiping that instead of worshiping God. That's fundamentally what I think an idol is. So in essence, it's it's putting something else in the place of God. Absolutely. Something else that God has created for our enjoyment, for, for us to glorify Him with, but we're glorifying that thing instead of God. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So Paul, when he's writing to the Romans, says that people worshipped and served created things rather than created God. And that's fundamentally what idolatry is. It's as simple as that. We do that because we don't trust God. Yeah. So one of the best instances that we have of what idolatry is goes way, way back into the early days of the ancient Israelites. <laughs> Here we where go. Moses, I think it was Moses, it was Moses, went up Mount Sinai and, and God gave him the Ten Commandments. And he must have been up there for a while. And nobody else was allowed up the mountain. And Aaron, who was leading the people told everyone, well, look, we should probably, we don't know if God's going to come through for us now that we're out here in the middle of the desert. How about everyone gets their gold earrings and their rings and we, we melt them down and create a God for ourselves. <laughs> and so Moses comes on back down the mountain and everyone's worshiping this golden calf. And you know the story, Moses splits the the Ten Commandments in yeah. two and freaks out and chucks a hissy fit, which is the right response to idolatry. Yeah. Because 
the people stopped trusting that God was going to be their deliverer in the desert. Wow. And so they started trusting in something else to deliver them. And they used, they created something made out of gold to do that. Yeah, so they, they stopped worshipping God and they put something else in, in front of that. Absolutely. That. Yeah, so you can use different words like they stopped worshipping God, they stopped trusting God. And that's fundamentally what idolatry is. It's yeah. trusting something other than God because we don't trust God. Yeah, wow. We're going to have a quick break. Sammy, yeah. three questions for you. Hit me. Number one, what are you reading at the moment? I just finished reading a book called Leaders Eat Last. It's all about serving people, 700 leaders. Nice, nice. Uh, what do you do to relax? Relax? I love to cook food. Nice. Spend a long time cooking some delicious food for great people. Nice. What's your specialty? Specialty? Yeah. Oh, I've started sous vide food. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, look it up. It takes it's how to take a really long time to do the same thing but better. <laughs> you took 45 minutes to poach eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yep, that's it. Uh, and and lastly, what do you, what coffee do you take? I take batch brewed coffee. Nice. If you don't know what that is, look that up too. It's a it's a way to take a really long time to make a normal coffee. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you very much. So we're going to be talking a lot about idolatry yeah. over the, the coming weeks and months in this podcast. It's actually the, our first series in this generation podcast is all about idols. Uh, but before we specifically get into what idols we're going to be going through, it's easy to, to define what an idol is, but how do we recognize that in our own life? Mm. How do we recognize those idols in our own life because before we can smash idols before we can get rid of the idols we need to identify them so in your life how, how have you identified idols has there been an example that, that you've that you can share about how god has actually illuminated an idol in your life 100 percent. i think the the work of the holy spirit is very important in identifying and crushing idols and God is very passionate about tearing idols out of our lives. And you kind of see it work out in two ways. Because God loves you so deeply, He wants you to be satisfied in Him because you can only be satisfied in Him. And so He's going to figure out a way to get idols out of your life. And that fundamentally works in two ways. Either you can humble yourself and admit that you're worshiping an idol, or God is going to humiliate you. <laughs> And make it very obvious that you're worshipping an idol. Now, the first one is the best way to deal with an idol is pray about it. Pray that the Spirit would convict you about the idols, the things that you're trusting in that aren't God. And the Spirit is going to change your heart when you do that as you begin to place your trust in Jesus. But if we don't do that, God's going to put us in situations where our idol fails us. Yeah. And I can tell you a story about that. So... For me, um, one of the biggest idols in my life is affirmation. I need people's affirmation way too much. And that plays itself out in my work quite a bit. So I find preaching a very dangerous thing. Yeah. Any, anyone with a platform and a mic is, is it's always dangerous. Yeah. Because the devil's going to use what God has given us to bless the church. Um, and he's going to try and convince us that we should use it to worship ourselves instead of God. 
fundamentally because we need it. Uh, so what happened was I remember preaching at church in the city a few years ago. And I, I was preaching, you know, a couple of times a month. And after a Sunday service, one of my friends texted me and said, hey, want to chat to you about the service on Sunday. And my heart sank. <laughs> I thought, oh, no, here it comes. Here comes the criticism. Here comes the failure. And I, I just got so stuck in that place. And I started getting sweaty palms and started going through the sermon in my head and thinking, what did I say wrong? What did I do wrong? What could I have done better? What's he going to say? What could this be about? Oh no, this is so terrible. I wonder if everybody hated it. And <laughs> start playing all these narratives over in my head. And he didn't want to meet for a couple of days oh so you were just just stewing you were just ruminating stewing (laughs) boiling in this pot of despair thinking that i was this mess and i remember it was my day off the following day and this is still going on in my head and i just felt convicted the spirit really said hey you know this is you're you're disproportionately affected by this (laughs) All that happened was someone said, hey, can I give you some feedback from the service on Sunday? Do you think this is a, a level, this level of reaction is a bit disproportionate to what's happened? And I thought, well, yes. So I went up onto my roof and I just started to unpack that with God. And I wrote this down. I started journaling, just processing it with God. And as I processed it, I realized, my goodness, this... I think this might be an idol. I'm so deeply affected by this that this is not healthy. I need this guy's approval. I need the church's approval way too much to have worth and to have identity. This can't be good. This must be an idol. Yeah. And I think when, when something hurts disproportionately, it could well be an idol. Yeah, just to clarify that, is it if something hurts disproportionately when the threat of it being taken away is yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. when there's a threat of you not being good enough or a threat of you losing that thing, if it's completely disproportionate, then it may you may well be placing your trust in that instead of your trust in God. Wow. And so I recognize this and he comes into the office a couple of days later and says, hey, I uh, just wanted to say, I think we should do prayer a little bit better in our services. <laughs> Can you believe it? It wasn't even about the sermon. God taught me a lesson though, that this was an idol. <laughs> wow. And it's, it's a lesson that you needed to, to hear. And, and as a result of that, it illuminated an idol in your life. And you've been able to take steps through the Holy Spirit to try and crush that idol. Yeah. That need for affirmation rather than getting affirmed by God. Mm. Wow. Um, well, going on, to, going on from that and adding to that, um, I think it's really important that we are open and, and honest with, with idols in our life. Yeah. And, and just like you, there was a moment in time, a moment in my life where God has illuminated a huge idol uh, in my life. And that was when I was, I was leading a grade through our youth group. So I started leading them in year six and I led them all the way through to year 12. Uh, it was an amazing experience to to lead a group of students from when they're just starting out, you know, working their way through to what it means to be a teenager, to then leaving school and serving church, serving God in church. And that was a phenomenal experience in itself. But along the way, God taught me so many lessons. And this lesson in particular, I'll never, ever forget. 
And so I was leading this grade at Crossfire and uh, we called ourselves the Eagles. That was our community name, uh, just to represent. Um, and then we, we'd been going okay the, the, in, in the year nine, so the, the first few turns of year nine, we'd be going okay. A few numbers uh, were starting to come and it was, it was really, really encouraging. And then one, one Friday night, I had a wedding, so I couldn't come to Crossfire. I couldn't come to youth group and had my mate, my best mate, who was at youth group that night. He's actually a producer of our podcast, Ben Trana. Shout out. Just a shout out right there. He sent me a photo and all it was was a photo. And this photo was of the room where our grade hung out. And in that room were three kids, three students in that room. I remember looking at that photo and just being crushed. Mm. As you said, being disproportionately affected by what was just a photo. And what that illuminated in my life is that I was trying to control my grade. I wanted control over my grade. And what God taught me there is that in ministry, particularly in that time of my life, I needed to give it to God rather than trying to do it in my own strength. And so he illuminated that idol of control in my life, specifically control when it comes to ministry wow. and leadership. Yeah. And I think both of us have had examples where our giftings have actually been caught up with our idols. Mm. And, and that's, that's a danger in itself. Definitely. And that's potentially one of the biggest danger zones, let's say, for something becoming an idol because Satan is smart and he wants to destroy the church. He wants to tear down the church and he's going to go after the gifts that God has given you first. Um, so really the biggest danger for something becoming an idol is the thing is likely the thing that God has given you a gift in. Yeah. And that's not going to be all the time, no. but it's just something that we've found in our life. And it could be, it could be relevant for your life too. Mm. Um, and so we are going to be talking about idols a lot. Specifically throughout this whole series, we're going to be talking about uh, 10 or 11 idols. I'm going to quickly list them now. And then each episode after this, we're going to focus on one of these idols. So the types of idols we're going to be looking at is this idea of counterfeit Jesus, making up our, our own idea of who Jesus is. The idol of community, approval, relationships, success, control, as, as, we, as I've just mentioned, security, wealth, materialism, image, and then we'll probably finish off with worshipping self. Mm. And these are so huge in our community, in our, in our society right now. And so our hope and prayer is that we'll be able to chat and have real conversations about these things in order that God will work and move in our hearts to crush those idols. And so when we're going to be talking about these idols, we need to bear in mind that Jesus is good news for them. Mm. In every situation, in any idol that God illuminates, we need to remind ourselves that Jesus actually is good news for our idols. Um, and we've been sharing about this uh, quite a bit lately. And do you want to expand on that? What does it mean by Jesus being good news for our idols? Mm. Well, the f the first thing to say is the gospel means good news. Yeah. So the the news that Jesus incarnated, God came to earth to save sinners, is good news. It's not bad news. 
the the reality that God wants to take idols away from us is not a bad thing. It is actually a good thing because Jesus is the better place for our hopes and our dreams and our insecurities and our anxieties than an idol. An idol, by definition, is going to overpromise and underdeliver every time when it comes to affirmation. For example, which is an idol? The idol of affirmation is going to promise you, hey, if you, if you post that photo, then people are going to like it. And if people like the photo, then people like you. This is what the idol is going to promise us. And so we'll say, okay, we'll, we'll post the photo. And then we know that affirmation was promised us, but it was overpromised. We we're putting our hope for affirmation in, let's say, social media, for example, and it underdelivered. We left feeling insecure instead of feeling secure. So idols are going to overpromise and underdeliver, but Jesus is never going to overpromise and underdeliver. Jesus is going to deliver on his promise to be your security every time. Wow. To be yeah. your affirmation every time. To be your hope every single time. Jesus is not going to fail you because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that must mean that Jesus is always the better place to put these things. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's use an example from my life. Uh, the the idol of affirmation, the, or it's very similar to the idol of approval of people. So let's say, for example, you've you've heard how that was an idol in my life. How would how would I preach the gospel to myself, mm. or how would I preach the gospel to someone else? who is struggling with this. Fundamentally, it's about understanding the gospel, which starts with Jesus in heaven. And Josh, you preached a fantastic sermon (laughs) about this on Friday night. Jesus, when he was in heaven, was in the Trinity, perfect relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit, affirmed, right? The, The angels are bowing down in worship to Jesus, affirmed. Jesus didn't know what it was like to not be affirmed, not be approved. And yet he loved us so much that he came down, right? And Philippians 2 says that Jesus, even though he was in very nature God, even though he was God, like God, didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. And so he humbled himself, which is this idea of stepping down. He humbled himself and he, he took on the nature of a servant, I think the passage says, yeah. became in human likeness. And basically the passage says he became like us and then ultimately it led him to the cross. Yeah. So Jesus came down to our level and when Jesus was on our level, he walked around earth getting absolutely smashed by people. There were people that followed Jesus and loved Jesus, but there were a lot of people who didn't understand Jesus. They, they threw rocks at him, they spat on him, mm. they pushed a crown of thorns onto his head, and they ultimately killed him. So Jesus knows what it feels like to not be approved, yes. to not be affirmed on earth. Yes, absolutely. People didn't get Jesus. He, he came to die for them, and they spat in his face, right? So Jesus gets how you feel. He gets the desire for approval. But more than that, Jesus goes to the cross, and then the cosmic battle begins, The heavenly father even turns his back away on Jesus. And Jesus cries out, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus 
actually pays the price of our sin and the, his own father rejects him. So Jesus in that moment gave us his approval from our heavenly father in place for Jesus being rejected by the heavenly father. So in that moment, we switched places with Jesus. Yeah, we, it's, it's called the great exchange. So we switched places. Jesus became the outcast and we became the, the family member. You know, Jesus became unapproved and we became approved. So that now we can know that our approval comes from our heavenly father because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. And we never have to question that again. Yeah. So because you're approved of by God, because I am approved of by God, I actually don't need your approval. Wow. And so that's how the gospel is good news for our idols. For this idol in particular. And we could tell that narrative for any idol in our yeah. life. Correct. Because the gospel is, I think an illustration you've used before is, it's like a disco ball. Yeah. You reflect light onto it and it goes in, in every single which way and direction. Mm. Because the gospel, it's, it's more nuanced. It's deeper than just salvation for our sins, which it is. And it's awesome that we are saved by grace and grace alone. But it can actually be an answer to the idols in our life. Absolutely. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. Over the course of this podcast, we're going to be looking at idols that we have seen in our life, idols that we have seen in this community, and talking about, well, how can, we, how can God illuminate that in our lives? But more importantly, how is Jesus good news for that? And our hope and our prayer that across this podcast for the next six months or so, that we can journey alongside each other. We can journey together as we seek to renew our hearts, as we seek to crush idols in our life and seek His face and His face alone. So thank you so much for listening, but always remember that renewal in our generation must start with the renewal of our hearts.